Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Where the word of God takes you to places, to the unseen, where there is a void, where darkness covers the face of the earth, where the foundation is being laid, where growth is happening, where seeds from God's word is being sown, and where repentance starts. The underground. Who am I? Just a voice of one calling out saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The new drug. There's these new drugs that's in our generation, that's in our culture, that's taking over the streets, that's taking over the homes, that's taking over the church, that's taking over God's people. It's not crack. It's not heroin. It's not weed. It's not a substance that you can see. It's a drug that's attacking the spirit of man rampantly. That's attacking the spirit of woman aggressively. What's these new drugs that we gotta be on the lookout for? And, I, and maybe some of us right now, we need to go to rehab for. One of them drugs is called trending. Trending. What does that trending drug do? Currently popular or widely discussed. It helps you become popular. It helps you become discussed by everybody. But this new drug here has people doing anything for it has people selling anything for it, selling their souls, selling their character, selling who they really are to get this new drug called trending. Be on the lookout for that. This other drug is called clout. It means to have a heavy influence or power. A lot of people doing a lot for this drug right here too, to get the clout to have an influence, to get the power. They'll backstab anybody they have to to get this clout. They'll talk about anybody to get this clout. They'll misuse and abuse the power that God has given them to get this clout. People are being strung out daily by this new drug called clout. Followers. Followers, not only is this drug is dangerous, but this drug too gets a whole bunch of people hooked. They get a whole bunch of people hooked off this. Followers, people are doing anything to gain it. And last, views and like, views and likes another drug that's running rampant in our culture, in our society. 
having people doing anything to get this drug, post anything to get this drug, diss anybody to get this drug, say the most outlandish, disrespectful stuff to get a hold of this drug right here, views and likes. Now I have to ask you, believer, man of God, woman of God, young woman of God, young man of God who says they believe in God and they are a child of God. Are you hooked on any of these drugs? Trending, clout, followers, views, alikes? Has this new drug take a hold of your soul? Has this new drug take a hold of your life? Is it demanding all your attention? Is it demanding all your time? This new drug. What can you do to get off this? You, they have a, re, a rehab program, by the way, that I want to introduce to you guys. Their rehab program is called Fasting and Repenting. Fasting and repentance, fasting from the trending drug, fasting from clout tracing, fasting from trying to gain followers, fasting for want people to view your posts and view your videos and view your ministry, fasting from want people to like everything that you post and like everything that you do. Fasting. You need to take a fast from these things. You need to ask God to separate you from these things. Separate your soul tie that you have to these new drugs in our generation. A fast. God is calling you to fast, child of God. You shouldn't be in bondage to these things. And he's calling you to repent. Repent, turn from these things. These things are not what you was created to do. You was not meant to chase these things. You was not meant to be caught up and tied up and bondage to trending and clout and followers and views and likes. That is not what your life is all about. Fast and repentance is the rehab for this program. I think that some of us need to go to today. We need to get checked in today. I want to end off by reading Daniel chapter nine. Let's go to Daniel chapter nine and I'm going to start at verse four. I start at verse three. Daniel chapter nine, verse three. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer, in petition, in fasting, in sackcloth, in ashes. You see how Daniel stepped to God? You see how Daniel came before God? With prayer, with pleading. When you're pleading, you have a heart of repentance. When you're pleading for God, in prayer, and in fasting, that shows that you have a heart of repentance. 
You're coming to God saying, I'm sorry. You're coming to God asking for healing. Verse four, I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed, confessed. I know I was wrong, God, and I confess I was. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandment. God says, I keep a covenant with those who love me and keep my commandments. I keep a covenant with those who love me and keep my commandments. I don't keep a covenant covenant with those who just disrespect my word, who pays my commandments and my word, no mind. I don't keep no covenant with them. I keep an everlasting covenant with those who love me and keep my commandments. That's who I keep my promise to. That's who I give my protection to. That's who I give my provision to. Verse 5. It says, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Verse 6 says again, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. Verse seven, Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. We're covered with the shame of clout chasing. We're covered with the shame of always following the latest trend of the world. We're covered with the shame of always clout chasing it, trying to gain followers and views and likes. We're covered in that shame, dear God. This day we are. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel, we can put our countries there. People in Houston, the people in San Antonio, the people in, in, in Detroit, the people in L.A., the people in Chicago and all over the United States of America, both near and far in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes and our ancestors are covered with shame. Lord, because we have sinned against you. We're ashamed, God, because we have sinned against you. I'm not talking about sinning against my boyfriend. I'm not talking about it because I made my girlfriend mad. I'm not talking about it because I made my look, my child mad, my mama mad, my daddy mad, my bishop mad, my pastor mad, my wife mad, my husband mad. I'm not talking about because I sinned against them. No, I'm in shame because I sinned against you, God. The one who's kept his covenant with me. See, we got to get to a point when we are ashamed when we sin against God first. When we do something, not because it's going to hurt people. Yeah, we know that's going to uh, happen, but I'm hurting because I hurt God. That's why I'm ashamed. That's why I'm 
low right now. I offended God with my actions. I offended God the way I did that to that person. I offended God the way I'm treating my body right now. I offended God the way I'm putting these drugs into my temple right now. I offended God by laying up with that person right now. That's who I offended. Verse 9. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. Yes, he is. He's very merciful and forgiving to us. And that's why it hurts me to sin against him. Look how much he's been merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Let me read verse nine again. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Even though we keep going back to the same old thing that he delivered us out of. Even though we know that his word tells us certain things we shouldn't be doing. Even though he tells us what path we need to go down. He's still merciful. He's still forgiving to us. And this is why sometimes we are to portray this to people. Why are we so quick to throw people in jail? Why are we so quick to, uh, when they make their first mistake, we crucify them? How about we look at our own life and see how much mercy and forgiveness we have over our life and let's share that with other people when they make mistakes or when they fall short of the glory of God. Who cares about them falling short of your glory? Your glory don't got that much shine on it anyways with all the mess you've been a part of. It amazes me how much we just uh, crucify people when they make mistakes, but we want God to be merciful and forgiving, forgiving to us. That's wrong. That's hypocritical of us. The same mercy and forgiveness God is showing you, you are responsible to show that to others. Even though that they may rebel against you. Now you might see how God feel. Verse 10, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. When your pastor, when your bishop, when your teacher, when your evangelist get up there and teach you the word of God, are you obeying it? Are you doing what the word is saying? God is not giving you these people just to say, ooh, they gave a good message. Ooh, I'm going to share this. Ooh, they, they, they are anointed. He's not giving you these people just to do say these things. He's giving you these people so they can teach you and you can obey it and you can start seeing the fruits and the manifestation of the kingdom of God in your life. That's why he gives you these teachers. It's to benefit you in your walk. It's to help you along your walk. Not to glorify them. Not to put them on a pedestal. They're there to help you on your walk. Walk it out. Don't just come and watch a performance. Get the word. Take it back to your home. Take it back to your job. Take it back to your school and walk it out. 
verse 11. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. All of us have done it. All of us have done it at one point of our lives. We are turned away and we we had a a, a spirit of refusing to obey what, what God has said. We was angry. We had a very prideful spirit. We have all been there before. And if you're there right now, I just want you to know you're, you won't be the last and you're not the first. And you still have time to repent and accept the forgiveness and mercy of God in your life. There's no condemnation over here in God's kingdom. Come on back home, wherever you are, wherever you're at right now. God is waiting for you with open arms. We have all been there before. We've all been disobedient to God. You're not on an island. You're not alone. You're not alone. Hmm. Yeah, I believe that's what God wants me to stop it. To tell that person who feel like you have done so wrong or there's no hope for you or you just, you can't get it right. It doesn't mean God still don't want to forgive you and have mercy for you. Just come to him with a sincere heart and tell him, God, I'm struggling on this walk. I'm struggling following your commandments. I'm struggling with obeying you. And watch the Father help you along the walk. But let's not try to manipulate God. Let's not play games with God. Let's come to him and let's keep it 100. Okay, let's keep it all the way truthful with God. And he'll keep it honest and true with you always. Ask God, sincerely, God, I'm sorry. I want to come back to you. But please help me and do something with my life, dear God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Revelations 3 and 3. Revelations 3 and 3 says, Remember then what you receive and heard. Keep it and repent. If you would not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you would not know at what hour I will come against you the underground.